Welcome to the Dorado Films Podcast, Episode 5, featuring David Steigman and a look at 1967's Island of the Doomed. I'll be your host, Derek M. Cook, for this podcast devoted to Dorado Films, your home for European gold from the silver screen. Welcome to this podcast where we're going to talk about Euro spy, Euro crime, Euro westerns, thrillers, giallos, and a few other things along the way. We have so many films coming out from Dorado Films that I can't wait to talk to you about each and every one of them on the Dorado Films podcast. We've been talking about some of our upcoming Just Franco releases, and we can't wait to get those out. However, we have so much more in the works here at Dorado Films, and I wanted to change it up a bit and talk a little bit about one of our horror films. David Steigman is a reviewer, a collector, and most importantly, a fan of these types of movies, so we thought we'd invite him along to chat about Island of the Doomed. So if you give me a moment, I'll call him up on the phone, and we'll start the show. You can read his reviews over at EuroCultAV.com, but right now you can hear him here on the Dorado Films Podcast. David Steigman, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I wanted to have you on because I know you're a big fan of monster movies, horror movies. Yes. And because Dorado's going to be releasing Island of the Doomed in the near future, I thought, you know, let's get David on the show. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. Island of the Doomed came out in 1967, directed by Mel Wells who was also the lead in the original Little Shop of Horrors. So we go from singing plants to killer plants. Killer plants. He uh, <laughs> also directed Lady Frankenstein. Oh, that's right. Which is another Euro classic with Joseph Cotton, who was in The Third Man and Citizen Kane. Boy, what a, what a step down, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or, or st- I don't know, maybe step up? Maybe a step up, I don't know. It just depends on your take of, of uh, genre movies. Yeah, where you fall on the spectrum, I guess. Yeah. Island of the Doomed, where was it filmed? It's a Spanish-German production. So there are some title sequences that are in German. There are some title sequences that are in in Spanish. We know the movie as Island of the Doomed, La Isla de la Muerte. Man-Eater Fighter, and then there's one, I think it was called The Bloodsuckers. Mm -hmm. I have some stills from the film with Bloodsuckers written on it. And one of the reasons I wanted to have David on the show is because he told me he could pronounce the German title. No, I can't. <laughs> I won't even try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't either. Even though my last name is German, yeah, I don't. I couldn't get there. I couldn't do it. It's a big monster plant. It's a handful of monster plants. Yes. He's a big plant that drools and sucks the blood out of humans in actually some somewhat gory scenes for its time. Yeah. I think about it. Yeah, no, it does get a little graphic for what it is. Yeah. The only person I can think of that was doing gore at the time was Herschel Gordon Lewis. And he did a lot of those real gory, sleazy movies. And, and for 1967, this movie's got quite a bit of gore with tree limbs bleeding human blood and you know, an axe-chopped face and hemorrhaging and a couple of eyeless characters and pieces of cheek missing on some of the victims. So not bad for 1967 if you're a gore lover. There is a handful of stuff like that in this film. And the first time I saw it, I was a little surprised. It's like, wait, wait a yeah, minute. Me I mean, granted, a year later, Night of the Living Dead would be coming out in the States. So, I mean, yep. we are starting to get to that point to where we are seeing more blood in these monster movies. But for what this is, especially what I assume is a lower budget monster movie. Yeah. I didn't expect to see that and see it as well done. Yeah, it is well done. It's, it's atmospheric. You know, it's got suspense. They hold off the monster until the latter stages of the movie, which helps actually, uh, you know, you show it too soon, it ru- ruins a lot of the uh, anticipation and excitement 
and the build-up for the film. So uh, I'm glad they waited in, until uh, near the end to uh, show off the uh, drooling tree monster. We get some taste here and there as we are going through the film. There are moments where we see the plants quiver a little bit, and at one point the Baron feeds a mouse to one. So we see a little bit, yeah. but you don't see the actual full-on monster plant, or as the movie poster will tell you, the vampire tree, until yeah. we, we get to the third act. That's where it became a little silly about, like, they start calling it, like, it's a vampire tree. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene with the, the mouse. I guess it was it went inside a, a Venus flytrap, and the looks on their faces of being horrified, it wasn't that horrifying, actually. No, <laughs> no, especially. Goes, I'm glad you showed this after we ate. Like, it what? wasn't even that graphic. <laughs> you know, what are you getting all upset about? And it's interesting when you see that scene to me, and, and I feel like this is a, an excellent scene for Cameron Mitchell, who is one of the leads in the film, who's fantastic. Yes. During the dinner scene, he makes a point of telling everybody he's a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. Yeah. All the all the food you're eating here, it's all vegetables. I mean, we did some things to, it to make it taste like meat, but I'm a vegetarian. But I'm going to feed this mouse to this plant. Yeah. <laughs> so his, his plants are carnivorous while he's herbivorous. <laughs> and Cameron Mitchell, I feel like he's a fantastic actor and criminally underrated a lot of times. He's a, he's a legend. We can go on and on about some of his movies just off the top of my head. He's, he was in Blood and Black Lace without warning. I just saw an oldie with him, actually, a classic, before he got into the horror genre. It was a, a movie called Garden of Evil with uh, Gary Cooper. Mm, yeah. Earlier, Cameron Mitchell, for those who want to see him, that's a really good movie. He'd been acting since the 40s, and at Dorado, we have a number of films with him in our catalog. The man has incredible range, and I yeah. love to see him play a villain, just because he's always got the perfect sneer on his face every time you see him. Yeah, he's, he's like he has that sinister look. So it always works well with him. He's got that like right look when you need a bad guy, and he's he's just got that sneer. Like you said, he's better better off as a, a villain. Wasn't he in Knives with the Avenger? Wasn't he like the hero in that one? It has a, a Viking movie with uh, directed by Bava, isn't it? Yeah, it was a Bava movie. Okay, he was the Avenger. <laughs> right on. Yeah, and he's of course done a number of spaghetti westerns, and we have him in our catalog with a lot of these films as well. And, you know, to me, after I watch him enough, even though he's sinister, even though he's the bad guy, there's still kind of a comfort when I see Cameron Mitchell turn up, especially in a monster movie. I, I just enjoy watching what he does. And like I said earlier, I think he's criminally underrated. I think more people need to watch his films. Yeah, definitely. I'm all for it. Yeah, whether it's uh, Island of the Doomed or something like From a Whisper to a Scream or mm -hmm. uh, Without Warning, just saying. Anything to just see what he does. I mean, he he might be a a villain or a bad guy or or a, a jerk, but I mean, it's entertaining and he <laughs> it's worth uh, seeing him in all these films because he really is a quite a like you said underrated actor. So I'll I'll just quote you on that. <laughs> <laughs> feel free, feel free. You know, another one of the movies with him in it. It's one of the westerns, Minnesota Clay, and he is the lead in that film as well, uh, the hero. So if you want to see. Mitchell playing some heroic roles. Just, I guess you have to go outside the horror genre. <laughs> when it comes to the there horror, though, he is yeah. definitely the baddie. And I feel like he almost dominates this movie with as strong as a, of a presence that he is. If somebody is asking me about this film, I would tell them about Cameron Mitchell, and I would have a hard time remembering all the other actors and actresses because it's, it's Cameron Mitchell. I can almost say the same about Garden of Evil, actually. Uh, Gary Cooper's the lead, but he's really like kind of lifeless for the most, most of the movies. Cameron Mitchell is this uh, wild and crazy young buck. I don't know, he, he really made this movie uh, a lot more uh, exciting. And this is like before 
he got into the horror film horror film scenario. Mm-hmm. So that's another one I'd I'd uh, recommend just because of his performance. And that one I thought he actually did a lot better than Gary Cooper. Wow. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Cameron Mitchell. And even though he dominates the cast, I do want to talk about some of the other cast members, or at least characters in the film. One of the people that really catches my eye, and he really doesn't say anything, Mike Brendel plays the servant. He was Baldy and Baldy's brother. <laughs> right, yeah, they're, they're twins, which yeah. works out well because one of them gets killed at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> and it winds up really not having much to do with anything. He's just, okay, he ran over the brother, and here, you know, here's the other characters. Like Maybe it was supposed to be like a um, an ominous... You know, like you've already killed someone and you're only on vacation, so that that, that might have been one of those moments that seals the fate for the rest of the the characters because they immediately run over one of the servants before anything actually ever happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe it's symbolic about things to come. Foreshadowing kind of event. And then he comes back. I, yeah, I, I always thought that was kind of peculiar to run over a character right away, and you know, here's his twin brother. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. We haven't I mean, established much yet in the movie. It's like barely the first act. You know? <laughs> <laughs> True. And when the twin shows up, we do get that moment where somebody's scared at the table. But that's about – it's like it was all built for that moment and then just you pay it off. But what I do like yeah. about the, the brother, the person being run over by the car, is that he's got this wicked wound on his face. Yep. And it looks like a, a bug bite, an animal bite. Are we to believe later on there was actually one of the plants that got him? I think so. I mean, if some of the other characters that got killed also had that same wound, so – Maybe Cameron was experimenting with the brothers, and somehow he was able to uh, bring them back to life somehow, or at least the servant anyway. <laughs> Maybe he was potentially uh, working on other experiments besides uh, crossbreeding carnivorous plants. Maybe he's maybe he's going to make a a bunch of uh, servants. <laughs> you know, he lives in a big castle. He needed a bunch of servants. You know. <laughs> true, true. And he does spend a lot of time talking about the radiation and the X-rays and all that, which. You know, ooh, radiation, that's one of those things that you start mentioning those in a monster movie, you know it can't be good. Yeah, radiation plus monster movie means watch out and yeah. <laughs> You'll run end up before with... he even gets there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll end up with vampire trees. Yeah, vampire trees that uh, have uh, saliva coming out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I, the scene just still sticks with me when the trees, like, it's like drooling saliva, like, like some rabid dog. <laughs> Gosh. This tree bleeds and has saliva. Like, great. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was me, if somebody was already killed and their blood was drained, I think I'd get away from that castle. <laughs> he wouldn't catch me dead there, quite honestly. So I'd be on the other side of the villa. <laughs> or I'd swim if I had to. <laughs> you, know, you see a dead body, you don't kind of want to hang around there to wait for something else to happen. There are some conceits you sometimes have to make in these movies. So. <laughs> Which is fine. You're along for the ride. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless you're the brother, then you get hit by it. But you're along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I still that scene was still like okay, like not even five minutes in. Like, all right, he ran over somebody. <laughs> it happens pretty quick. It happens pretty quick. Kind of seals their fate, though. I think you're right. I think it's a good way to do that. You know, another one of the lead actors in here. I just want to touch on real quick is George Martin, Certainly. who's done a number of films. We've got him in a number of our films at Dorado. Uh, he's oh, done good. so much pirate films, westerns. He plays uh, David, the hero. How about that? Yeah, and he's the hero in this. <laughs> in that great finale with the uh, with the great trip limbs bleeding to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, anyway, at first you don't know if he's really the 
going to wind up being the hero, but as the cast dwindles down, there he is, and he's got a very strong uh, heroic role in the movie. If I were to compare this to, I don't know, some genre films from later years, I mean, it feels like this is a little, almost, there's some slasher elements going here, like a slasher film element to this film. And, kind of. And George Martin could kind of sort of go into that final girl type position, but you don't really know that yeah. going into it because all the characters, I mean, are up for grabs. So he just kind of stands out at the end and is like, okay, I'm the hero and here's my act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, I guess somewhat of a slasher. I bet it's killer plant. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. But the, the structure of the movie, you know, we kind of yeah. knock them off one by one by one. So in that sense, correct. Yeah, that's definitely, what is this killer? It's a vampire plant. <laughs> And I believe the driver even mentioned something about vampires at the right in the very, very beginning. There aren't very many people here yeah. since somebody started talking about vampires, and then it's just dropped. Then the deaths start happening, and then that legend of the vampires from the drivers, you know, uh, they all start wondering if that's what's going on. You remember the first time you saw this film? I saw this film, believe it or not, it hasn't been too long ago, maybe a few years ago. It was a movie I I had never seen but i've always read about and i was always trying to see where the heck i can get this movie and when i watched it i was like why didn't i get this sooner (laughs) it's right up my alley it's it's a killer monster tree and you know since i'm a fan of day of the triffids and navy versus the night monsters which also have killer plants this fits right in although this is much much gorier (laughs) but it's it's yeah it, it was a lot of fun and i'm glad you guys are going to be putting this out on blu-ray Hint, hint, wink, wink. Because <laughs> I want this. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to to having this one. We are looking forward to putting this one out as well. We're trying to assemble some materials for it now. Uh, you know, we don't have a, a date that we're looking at, but we are putting our materials together. And it is something that we're going to be putting out here, hopefully in the near future. It kind of depends on how long or how hard it is for us to put the materials together. Mm-hmm. My, my hope is that we'll be able to pack it with some extras as well. I know there's a, a German opening sequence. There's a couple of different title sequences with different uh, titles for it, like Man Eater of Hydra, like we were talking about. I love that opening sequence, by the way. I love the animation. I mean, I think it's so great. It's very 60s. It's like psychedelic. It kind of reminded me of Yellow Submarine a little bit or oh, yeah. uh, Catalina Caper, you know, with the little animation at the beginning. There it is, 1967, ironically, the same year as Island of the Doomed. Wow, okay. It must have been the year of the animation, animated credits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you wanted to talk about another couple of uh, characters, there was that happily married couple. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not, because there, there's a couple that's not. <laughs> yeah, the, the happy Cora and James Robinson, Kai Fisher, who was Cora, and then Rolf von Knockoff, I guess. Sure. He got knocked off, so kind of. Well, true. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, was, I just thought that, though, that to me that was like the film subplot. Actually, is like this couple on vacation, and they seem to not really love each other. No, you're <laughs> uh, absolutely right. Drunk and she, I, what are they even doing on vacation together? What's she even? Why are they even there? <laughs> well, and she's pretty brazen. Like, she's, she's pretty brazen. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he he's, he comes off as like the nice, like logical, reasonable guy, and she's like getting drunk, holding the the driver's hands while her husband is in the back seat. <laughs> I mean, she even has a kissing scene with uh, Crazy Cameron. Right with the Baron. <laughs> she was flirting with the Baron. You know, she's saying all these terrible things, and you know, as my dad would always say, she's a real piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, like I said, I was wondering, like, why are they even on vacation together? <laughs> what I do like about her, though, is when she's, I mean, this is going to sound terrible. I like it when she's scared. <laughs> <laughs> because she's got some very expressive eyes. And if you look at various yeah. posters and stills and lobby cards from this film, you'll probably see her on there. She's got this great look for somebody who's scared. Yes, yeah. definitely. She she was great in that role. I mean, sure, you wanted to strangle her because she's so, such a lousy wife. Or, but you know, when you feel that way toward a character, you know she's doing a, great, a good job as an actress because it brings out that mm -hmm. feeling in mm -hmm. you. And then you're glad when uh, when the plant finally... I guess tree <laughs> finally confronts her, and then you see the fear in her eyes, and then of course the her husband uh, when he finds her, he starts crying, like <laughs> okay, after everything she said to him and done to him, she's I mean it just shows what a noble man he was. He, he was definitely a, a kind gentleman who uh, also gets it True. <laughs> very, very rudely graphically. I don't think he should have been because he was really a nice guy. You know, he didn't deserve the fate he got, but whatever. <laughs> they went they went with David to be the hero. He could have been there. I, I don't know. They didn't need to, like, eliminate uh, everybody in the movie. Well, that's the thing about this film, too, is you don't really know who's safe. The first time I saw this, I thought maybe he was going to be one of the survivors because he is the most likable of them all. To me, you know, you feel sorry for him because of what's going on with him and his wife. And, you know, you really just want him to survive and get out. But... It doesn't happen. And, again, that's another way this movie works for me is, again, you, you don't know. You don't know who's going to make it. It's a oh. it's a mystery. You don't know who's going to make it to the end. Yeah, it's like Ten Little Indians to a, a, to a certain stretch. Yeah, that's what makes it fun, too, because you, you don't know uh, who's going to be the victim. It kind of makes you look forward to the ending, actually, because <laughs> you want to see how it ends. That ending is pretty crazy with Cameron finally oh, wow. going bonkers. The ending is pretty intense. <laughs> Did he steal the show there? Yeah, with the with the bloody uh, limbs and Cameron, I'll st I love you, my plant. He's like totally oogling his plant, and he the ending was like just amazing. <laughs> it it blew me away. I mean, the atmosphere, the way they put the whole thing together. It's not just Cameron. Yep. Cameron's performance matches what's going on in the scene. So it's fantastic, and he he fits so well there. But you've got the wind and the rain, and and it's at night, and all this other stuff going on, and and the fog. Don't forget the fog that. That adds a lot to atmosphere. <laughs> you throw in fog, you're 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 in the atmosphere heaven. Do you remember a scene in the movie like uh, when Cameron is getting ready? He's going to get kissed by uh, Cora. She's going to touch this plant. And it's a funny line to me. You were about to touch my giant, and then there's a pause, and then he says gardenias. It's like <laughs> I was like I was thinking for a minute, like maybe that pause was done on purpose because you had they had you thinking about something else. Oop. Yeah, that's oh, got to be intentional. I mean, it's got to be, right? <laughs> yeah, that quote, it just stuck out at me because it was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing I just remembered about mm -hmm. this movie is one of the, the tourists, one of this crew, uh, that they, these uh, tourists are going to the site, one of them happens to be a botanist. What are the chances? Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? I mean, you have an unhappy married couple, you got a someone who wants to take photographs i'm sure if she had a cell phone at the time it would be like selfie mm -hmm. city <laughs> and then you got this this botanist who what a coincidence <laughs> that was another thing that just caught my eye it was like you know it's going to this island with a doctor who's who just happens to be experimenting with plants and here we have a botanist as part of this group of tourists coming Can to the villa the photographer though real quick because 
almost as soon as they hit the guy and, you know, they run over the servant and he's dead, what is she doing? She's just snapping pictures. She's just taking, she's standing up in the back of the Jeep, you know, lifting her camera up, just taking pictures. What? If she had a cell phone, she'd be like Miss Selfie on that island. I mean, she'd like, hey, um, she'd have her phone and she'd be taking a picture of herself next to the run over body. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe this movie was ahead of its time. (laughs) You see stories all the time about people taking selfies. There's like a fire behind them and they're busy taking pictures instead of running for their lives or... But that, that's the age we're in now. It's like everyone's taking pictures of themselves and places and things that you, it's either inappropriate or not cool. Sure. You know? She'd be perfect for today's world. I'll tell you that much. I know she's like taking pictures of everything. Back then, you've got to pay for the film, man. I mean, with a camera, you know, it's all digital, <laughs> it's all quick. But, man, I, I wouldn't want to pay for that. <laughs> I don't want to pick up the photos in no. the photo lab for that because it'd be a lot of money. But she's snapping pics left and right. Oh, definitely. That, would have been quite the bill. <laughs> Cameron Mitchell is aware of her camera. When she comes in, this is not a museum. No pictures. She wound up sneaking a few anyway. Well, when you break the rules, you, you get eaten by the plant, I guess. So. I was trying to think, like, the whole purpose of him using this plant to kill everyone was just for their blood, mm-hmm. apparently. That was, <laughs> he was mad, wasn't he? He's a great mad scientist. So, but he, I mean, he loves this plant. He's, yeah. he's good. I, mean, I really enjoyed watching him be bad. All the way into that great finale mm. with him uh, trying to save his plan. You kind of feel sorry for him because he loved this plan. He was dedicated, but he was using human lives for his experiment. But you kind of feel bad at the end because he, he really was into his work. And now it, you know, it's not only is his plant gone, but he's on his way sure, too. Sure. Well, that's the thing about these mad scientist types too. They get so focused on their mad science that they let their guards down around everything else. I mean, and that's... That's that's the yeah. journey, the progression that the Baron's on in this film. You know, he succumbs to his own creation. It was a little mm-hmm. over a year ago, I believe, that a local movie theater here in town, the Joy Cinema, showed this film uh, as, as as a weird okay. Wednesday offering. They have a, an event that they do every Wednesday where they bring in a cult film, a monster movie, something odd. It's a weird Wednesday, is what they call it, and I had a chance to introduce the film. And what struck me is... Excuse me. I stepped out of the theater to talk to the theater owner, Jeff Martin, for a little bit during the film, because I'd seen this movie so many times at this point. I came back in near the end, and the climax with the storm and the plants and Cameron Mitchell, and people were just transfixed, because it's just so over-the-top intense. It's it's a scary sequence. I mean, with the sound and the music and the lights and the fog and the effects and Cameron, and it's just so... Good. I mean, that's a wonderful payoff for the film. And not to spoil it too much for people who haven't seen it, and really, it's from 1967, so I think spoiler alert warning is <laughs> we were out of that um, <laughs> time frame. But it, it's such a great climax, such a great payoff. That climax will probably satisfy mm-hmm. uh, many a fan who uh, love uh, gory movies because uh, that plant sure. Let it all out, didn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> yeah, I think the plant was done pretty well uh, for what it is. You know, for a low-budget yeah. film. I, I, yeah, exactly. The, the special effects in this work. I mean, for that time, there was no CGI. and But yeah, this this was no better, no worse than any other plant effects, from whether it was Day of the Triffids, Navy versus the Night Monsters. You know, you got, you got walking plant creatures. But they're all they're all fun, and they're, you know, it would be a great trilogy, actually. Plant trilogy. <laughs> a, a triple feature there? There you go. Or I guess we could call it a, a trilogy. Oh, you went there. <laughs> You went there. I, I, yeah, 
you know, the seeds were planted. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I did a zing. I branched out on that joke. Oh, no, not <laughs> another one. <laughs> <laughs> I rose to the occasion. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> cactus makes perfect. Oh boy! I hope I didn't make a sap out of it. Oh come on! <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah. I uh, I've got a whole bush load. Oh full. man, you know, and listeners, this is his first podcast. You, you believe that? Yeah, yeah he's re- <laughs> probably my last. The way I'm going. <laughs> David was a lot of fun to talk to. And if you're interested in reading his reviews, he's a reviewer at EuroCultAV.com. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to that. And yeah, David, I think we'll probably have you back on the show down the line. Puns and all. And just for a point of clarification, as much as we love the Island of the Doomed, we do not have a solid release date planned yet. It's certainly on our list of potential releases. If this is a movie you'd be interested in seeing us release on DVD or Blu-ray, head over to the Dorado Films Facebook page and let us know there. We're relying on our fans and our customers to let us know what movies you'd like to see us release in the future, and we value your input. You can watch some movies from Dorado Films right now if you have a Roku device. Dorado Films has a dedicated Roku channel, and we have some horror movies available for you to watch right now. It's free of charge, ad-supported, and it's movies like these. He rose from the deathly silence of the tomb to bathe the world in blood. See Grave of the Vampire. your womb isn't a human being. There's nothing wrong with my baby. He was conceived in a grave and weaned on human blood. Could he ever deny the horrible evil within himself? He is absolutely evil, cruel, Horrifying in his lustful blood. Your blood. See Grave of the Vampire. Who's Caleb Croft? You seem very interested in the Croft case, Professor. Yes, I am, Mr. Eastman. Mr. Eastman. If you remain in the class long enough, you too may develop an interest more than you bargained for. 
shall have all the pretty little horses. Two million years in these subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice, waiting to be free, waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. two million years ago. Got up to that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there. Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us, if you dare, on the Horror Express. search the train and find it, whatever it is, and destroy it. But if it's alive... I want this kept quiet. I don't want to panic the passengers. The malignant power of this creature is indestructible, transferring its force from mind to mind, from body body. Beast is not dead. I put four bullets into him. You think evil can be killed with bullets? Satan leaves. The animal that you shot was only the host. It's alive in someone on this train. You saw his eyes. One look at them and you're dead. Anything that moves near that door, kill it. <laughs> Run, run for your life. Hide, but you can't escape. No one can stop the fury and the terror of the Horror Express. The channel is called Dorado Films. You can also find us in the channel store at Roku.com by looking for Dorado Films. We're in the movies and TV category. Here you can watch over 70 titles from our collection, not just horror movies, but Euro Spy, Euro Crime, dramas, suspense movies, giallos, even a couple of cartoons. And again, it's all free of charge, and it is ad-supported, so by watching a movie through the Roku channel, you're helping out Dorado Films. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Dorado Films Podcast. You can find out more about Dorado Films and what we're up to over at doradofilms.com. Now, we do have an online store. Just click on the store button or go to doradofilms.com slash store, and you're going to see 
all the DVDs that we have for sale. Of course, we have a Facebook page, and if you are a Facebook user, we'd encourage you to hop over there and give us a like. And I'd like to think we do a pretty good job interacting with our fans over there. If you are an iTunes user, we'd appreciate a review, and we want to thank everybody who's been spreading the word about the Dorado Films podcast and just Dorado Films overall. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dorado Films Podcast. I am Derek M. Cook. I'll be back here next week with some more news and another look at another movie that we're going to be releasing down the line. All original content of the Dorado Films podcast is copyright Dorado Films, Inc., 2016.